When you've got questions, he always has an answer. It's Sean Hannity. This afternoon at 2, right before Joe Walsh at 5, on AM 560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Who will get the last laugh, Trump or the uh, assembled heads of state at the United Nations General Assembly? Let me tell you something. His uh, 35-minute speech, his address to the U.N. General Assembly, was uh, quite strong. Uh, Talk about speaking truth to uh, the community of nations. Uh, I thought the best part was sort of a two-minute foray in the middle that nicely explained the first principles associated with his foreign policy construct the handle of which is principled realism, Trump on American sovereignty. As my administration has demonstrated, America will always act in our national interests. I spoke before this body last year and warned that the UN Human Rights Council had become a grave embarrassment to this institution, shielding egregious human rights abusers while bashing America and its many friends. Our ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, laid out a clear agenda for reform, but despite reported and repeated warnings, no action at all was taken. So the United States took the only responsible course. We withdrew from the Human Rights Council, and we will not return until real reform is enacted. For similar reasons, the United States will provide no support in recognition to the International Criminal Court. As far as America is concerned, the ICC has no jurisdiction, no legitimacy, and no authority. The ICC claims near-universal jurisdiction over the citizens of every country, violating all principles of justice, fairness, and due process. We will never surrender America's sovereignty to an unelected, unaccountable global bureaucracy. America is governed by Americans. We reject the ideology of globalism, and we embrace the doctrine of patriotism. Uh, America is governed by Americans. Nobody was laughing then. They were not. And he did a great job talking about foreign aid. You know, we bailed you countries out, and you've never reciprocated. The but of hu- course, the Human Rights yeah, Commission, the, Rights the ICC. Commission. I love it. I love him putting it right between their eyes. But uh, his braggadocia got a different reaction. Yeah. My administration has accomplished more than. Almost any administration in the history of our country. <laughs> Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. I mean, he, he handled it well yeah. once they started laughing, but I used to see this wave of people laughing, you know. But he was braggadocious, and I thought, oh. Sure. But that's Trump. I yeah. Mean, that's him. Nothing like getting laughed at by Burma. Okay. Uh, who will have the last <laughs> laugh? For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by... <laughs> Thank you very much. Her New Zealand's prime minister holding her three-month-old baby. She was laughing, too. Uh, Chief economist for CNN, Steve Moore, joins us now. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, nobody is laughing. I mean, it's sort of, uh, you know what it reminded me of? 
It reminded me, I mean, I'm I'm sort of a sucker for these talent shows. I love um, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. It reminded me of the Susan Boyle performance where she came out. And uh, looking all saying, frumpy, right? For saying, "I dreamed a dream and knocked, you know, knocked the place over." Uh, they laughed when she came out. They weren't laughing when she left, and that's sort of how <laughs> I felt with Trump yesterday. You know, I've waited. Uh, that was a great, uh, a great segment you just played, and and I've waited uh, about forty years for a president to say that. I mean, even Ronald Reagan, who I adore, even he didn't, you know, take it right to the United Nations. Um, this was look, Trump. Trump is exactly right that the that the um, that the mission of the American president should be to put America first. I mean, why is why is the left so insulted by that? Of course, a president should put America first. It's so interesting too the contrast between the way uh, Trump deals with uh, these um, you know very uppity and arrogant uh, foreign institutions like the United Nations. And the way Obama did. I mean, Obama bowed down to these people. They loved Obama. I mean, you know, they gave Obama standing ovations because he was the one who paid the bills. He was the one who, who uh, said, you know, whatever your problem is, we'll send you a check. You know what? The United States is no longer the ATM machine for the rest of the world, and it's about time. And that clear message was sent definitely by President Trump. But what do you believe? That's for sure. Yeah. How do you think about our stance with uh, Iran? Because that was our mortal enemy yesterday. Well, I, you know, I don't have a strong um, opinion about that. I think that obviously Iran is an enemy of the United States, and he—that's the thing about Trump. He doesn't pussyfoot around. No, I mean, he does not. I mean, he calls enemies enemies, and and it's about time we we have that. But there, but look, the big struggle right now, much more important than Iran, is China, right? Mm-hmm. And we are locked into a you know a, a kind of trade combat with China, and well, I think that's going to have in terms of. You know, what happens with the U.S. Uh, on the global geopolitical uh, situation over the next 5, 10, 20, 50 years, that's what's really going to matter is well, whether the right. United States can t- stand up to China and whether China will stand down here. Well, let's talk about the economic portion of the program, his speech, where he uh, touted the U.S.-Mexico trade agreement, the U.S.-South Korea trade deal. He also said many nations in this hall will agree the world trading system is in dire need of change. And he talked about countries admitted to the WTO uh-huh. that violate every principle yeah. upon which the organ is based. And then he got specific about Illinois. I mean, Illinois, about United States, <laughs> Illinois being one of those states. Uh, I, 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 I just saw the three million manufacturing jobs lost and I immediately thought Illinois. I don't know why. Uh, and uh, so he, he and he, he mentioned China in the context of. Losing uh, 3 million manufacturing jobs, quarters, steel jobs, 60,000 yeah. factories since China has joined the WTO. How did you take his uh, trade talk portion of his address? Well, look, I mean, I, Trump is more of a, of a kind of protectionist in his orientation than I am. I'm obviously more of a Milton Friedman free trade guy, although I think Trump has some very legitimate points here. I mean, one of the things is, I, look, I think the WTO is just a joke. I mean, it's like the United Nations of trade uh, you know, policy, and it doesn't do anything, right? And so, I mean, the big joke is that China is now – threatening to take the United States to the WTO to complain about these terrorists when for how long have they been in the WTO now about 20 years or something like that all of they've done since the day they entered the WTO is break every single trade rule I mean you know they impose the, the by far the highest tariffs it's almost impossible for American companies to do business over there we sell them 
uh, you know, about $140 billion worth of stuff. They sell us $500 billion. So, I mean, it's, it's a lopsided trade uh, arrangement. Um, and they don't, you know, it's just a joke to say, well, we're going to we're going to protest your trade policies against us. Um, you know, look, Trump has to prevail here, and I don't think he's going to stand down when it comes to China. And the fact is, China is a big problem, uh, uh, not just with respect to the trade practices, but, you know, let, North, let's be honest. North Korea would not have a nuclear weapon today if it were not for China. True. But let's, I mean, how soon till consumers start feeling the pinch from this? They will. You know, know, you're right about that. I mean, Amy, I cannot deny that. You know, you go to Walmart, you're going to pay more for stuff now. I mean, tariffs are taxes. We've said this many times. I mean, and, and the question is whether the American people are going to side with Trump on this. Or, You know, it's interesting to me, by the way, that the strategy of the Chinese is to try to, uh, you know, to try to um, impose a lot of tariffs on American uh, farm goods, our, our, our wheat and our cotton and our corn and, and soybeans. And you know, it's interesting that the, the, there's an ad, I don't know if you guys have seen it in North Dakota, because we've got a big Senate race in North Dakota, where Heidi Heitkamp, the Democrat, ha- is, has an ad where she's standing next to a farmer, he's in the middle of the field saying, you know, these tariffs are killing us and right. we're not able to sell our, 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 our wheat here in North Dakota. You know, my feeling is, look, if you're going to do this, if we're going to do this and go forward with this, then every dollar that's raised in the tariffs, let's make sure that 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 goes to the people who are, who are being hurt by the terrorists. And, and, but look, I just don't think we can back down right now. I mean, if we do, this is a good time to pick a fight with China. We've got a booming economy. Their economy, their economy is reeling right now. But, but how is the question and then how to get to yeah. a better place, that lower tariff environment that we uh, aspire well, to, well, Dan, to, I've asked, to find? I've, I've asked this to you before on this show, and I'll ask well, you guys both this again. Well, if they were not going to do it through punitive tariffs, how are we going to get China to start, you know, behaving itself? Well, let, if you could come up with a better answer, I'm all ears. Well, let me ask you this question. I ask the questions on this show. This is what Trump said in, in directing his comments to China. I have great respect and affection for my friend, President Xi, but I've made clear our trade imbalance is just not acceptable. China's market distortions and the way they deal cannot be tolerated strategically. I know that's probably good for domestic political interests, but is that something Larry Kudlow and the team think is smart in terms of a a global address to the U.N., or should these conversations mainly take place behind closed doors? Well, look, I think, no, I think it was appropriate for Trump to call out China. I mean, um, this the only way we're going to win here is we need the whole world on our side. We need Germany on our side. We need Canada on our side. We need Mexico on our side. We need... Australia and Japan on our side to say, look, to point to them and say, you're the bad actor. You're not playing by the rules. The global trading system is actually being disrupted by many of the abusive uh, tactics uh, that China is putting in place. I mean, look, I talked to executives, uh, Dan and Amy, from major technology companies, and they say, you know, you try to do business over there, and the first thing they do is you got to give up your trade secrets and your patents. Then they want ownership of the company, and then, you know, they impose all these kind of tariffs on bringing stuff in. I mean, that's not free trade. And I think what Trump would say if he were talking to you guys right now is, look, I'm for free trade, but, but those kind of practices, you can't have free trade with a country that cheats and steals. And, you know, I'm come over to his view on that. You know, we, we need and, – and if Trump prevails, by the way – and China does start lowering their trade barriers in the United States, we're going to get freer trade. And Milton Friedman is going to be smiling from his grave. All right. 
Uh, let me ask you. Uh, <laughs> he sounds skeptical, Dad. Well, you know, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll hold, hold my powder and watch. And it, because Larry Kudlow's there, I'm giving you wide berth, uh, but I'm, I'm, the I'm getting skeptical. Um, here, here, I want to okay. ask you. I want to ask this locally, yeah. and maybe this is something that we could uh, factor into some type of trade negotiation uh, with China. Maybe we could turn over Elon Musk to be put into a Chinese gulag. Uh, Musk, uh, he has a plan. I don't know if you're aware of this. He had many plans, you know. Um, uh, uh, blow torch or uh, not? Uh, what's the what's the not not blow torch, but uh, the uh, you know fire thing? What's fire it? extinguisher? No, that uh, that shoots fire. God. A, f- a flamethrower. Flamethrower. Thank you. Flamethrower hey, company. Hey, I got something right. Ding, ding. ding it's just ding, like a ding, game ding. of password. <laughs> Did you say Jesus sheets? Oh, uh, hello. Guys, sheets. Flame flamethrowers and uh, and. Uh, you know the cars, the Teslas, and and the bullet train. Well, sort of. He's got a 12-minute express train from the Loop to O'Hare. He's planning, and uh, into and there's a new bill in uh, uh, that is uh, being bandied about in uh, D.C. that would allow local airport authorities to use the passenger facility charge of 450 per seat, the ticket tax in Chicago, for transportation projects to uh, airport properties. So, like this boondoggle that Elon Musk is uh yeah. sold yeah. Rahm Emanuel and, and you know there's no uh, Elon Musk train without the federal gravy. My question yes. is uh should Elon Musk be imprisoned for life? <laughs> no, but you know what? He is I don't think in the history of the United States. I may be wrong about this, but I don't think there's anyone in the history of the United States who has gotten more federal money and tax dollars from you and me than Elon Musk. I wrote a column about it two years ago about Elon Musk calling him the $6 billion man because by my calculations, SpaceX, uh, SolarCity, uh, Tesla, all of those companies exist because of federal tax dollars. And we're just can you believe that one person has gotten $6 billion in federal subsidies and grants and aid? I mean, now you're going to build this train – that's how much is that going to cost, by the way? Uh, I, I mean, mean how much a, how much federal, state, and city money is going to go into that? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, a it's a money pit. Ten. I mean, whatever they say, multiply it by ten, right? By ten, by ten, exactly. By the way, stop my thing on this for all cities, including Chicago. Stop building public transit. In ten years, everyone is going to have a driverless car. You're going to push a button on your phone. The car is going to come. It's going to take you anywhere you want to. It's going to go door to door. Um, we're going to have automated light switching and so on. We're going to have much fewer accidents. I mean, the whole transportation system is going to be based on taking you where you want to go, when you want to go there, not when the government wants to wants you to go there, where you have to walk a mile to get to a train station, and then when it drops you off, you have to walk a mile to that thing. I mean, we're, we're ba- literally putting down tracks all over the country that in 10 years from now we're going to ter- have to turn them up. But, 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 here, but, here, but, but here's what I want your definitive opinion on Elon Musk. Yeah. Is he uh, a visionary or is he Preston Tucker? Is he Harold Hill? Because I say the latter. I think latter. he's a little bit of both. I think he's a little bit of both. I mean, he's an incredible visionary. I mean, you know, he's launching these private space, uh, you know, uh, rockets and so on, which is pretty cool stuff. And and, and I like pretty that. Cool. About, I mean, I like his visionary view of the future. I just don't like the fact that we're paying for it. Yeah, by force. Right, exactly. Steve Moore, chief economist for CNN and Wall Street Journal columnist. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a great week. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Hear about the big stories of the day. 
then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The Answer. Being successful in business means overcoming enormous obstacles to serve your customers and community. AM560, The Answer, wants to shine a spotlight on businesses that are thriving. We want to celebrate their success by finding out what makes these businesses unique, successful, and what we can learn from them. We want to know how you built it. Presented by Chicagoland Waterproofing. To tell us how you built it, go to 560theanswer.com slash built. That's 560theanswer.com slash B-U-I-L-T. Sponsored by Signature 